Hi, my name is Sarah, and you're listening to the Bloom As You Grow podcast. (laughs) Welcome back, or if you're new here, welcome. I'm so happy that you've decided to spend some time with me today. On today's episode, I am going to be furthering my discussion on self-care because on our last episode, I talked a little bit about toxic positivity, which I think is a really important part of self-care because when we unlearn toxic positivity and we realize the effect that it can have on us and our mental health, I think that we can really reverse the narrative to be more self-compassionate and loving towards ourselves. But today, I thought I'd get a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more candid, and I want to talk about what self-care means to me, Um, and I want to talk about what I'm currently doing in 2020 to help amplify the work that I've already started to do in being more conscious and focused on self-care. Of course, this isn't something that I think I'll cover in just one episode. I'll probably talk about this again, but I feel like, especially at the start of the year, as I'm setting intentions for myself, as I'm thinking about what I want to see differently in both this year and this decade, I think a big part of my growth will be in self-care and will be in just putting that focus back on myself. So I will start by talking a little bit about what self-care is and what I know about self-care and then just going on to say how that looks in a more practical way in my life. So I looked up a couple more formal definitions of self-care. The ones that I found that um, I think just made the most sense and was the most simplistic was that self-care is any activity that we do deliberately in order to take care of our mental, emotional, and physical health. I also really love there's this phrase that... um, Agnes Wainman, a clinical psychologist, uses to explain self-care, and it's that self-care is something that refuels us rather than takes from us, which I think is really beautiful and makes complete sense to me, and I think is something that I've had to learn over the years. So what does self-care look like for me? I think I briefly touched upon this when I did my 10 Lessons in 10 Year episode, but I think over the years I've really come to realize that there is a hierarchy to self-care. And what I mean by that is there's no amount of fun and nice things that you can do for yourself that will completely offset what you're lacking in terms of taking care of your basic needs and 
it has to be an amalgamation of a lot of different focuses and a lot of practices and routines that we do for ourselves and the way we take care of ourselves. So what that looks like for me is trying to figure out goals and practices that tick off boxes both in the emotional and mental spheres and in the physical spheres. So I'm going to start by talking a little bit about what I'm doing in the physical health side of things because I feel like this will surprise my loved ones the most and I feel like it's becoming one of the more transformative changes in self-care. Anyone that knows me in a more intimate way or a close way knows that I've been struggling with my sleep for over a decade. (laughs) I don't think I've slept well since I was quite young and I don't know how that happened. I don't know how I started to struggle with falling asleep at a quote-unquote appropriate time, but for as far back as I can remember, or at the very least, maybe we'll just say since I started high school, I wasn't able to go to sleep early. I would stay up really late just working on projects and um, being on like the computer or I think a lot of it had to do with my anxiety and with um, just a lot of untreated mental health but it just got worse and worse as my stress got worse and as I got older and I just had more responsibilities and more things to think about so One thing that I have promised myself that I'm going to focus on this year is my sleep. Because if you do any amount of research on sleep, sleep is one of the most important things that we can do right because sleeping deeply affects our cognitive functioning and our ability to work and live. (laughs) Lack of sleep can affect our health, um, but it also can really just take away from our mental sharpness. And I've seen that. I've seen that in just my memory. I have have fairly good memory, but I feel like it could be a lot better. I've seen it definitely in my physical health and in the ways that I can walk through life and my week in fatigue and if you yeah the more research I do about sleep the more scared I get that this can be a really big problem if I don't start to work on it now just I've read so much about how it can like you know, shorten your lifespan or (laughs) cause really big health problems. So this isn't news to anyone in my life, but 
Um, Because I think everybody that I know closely has encouraged me to work on my sleeping patterns. But I think that I've really struggled with mostly just falling asleep because I can sleep in. I don't have any issues with sleep once I am actually asleep. I sleep like a log really once I am asleep. I could probably sleep through a natural disaster. It's so bad. (laughs) But the act of falling asleep has been my difficulty. So two things that I've done recently that's actually helped a lot, which I feel really sad to say has helped a lot. Um, The first one being I don't drink coffee during the week anymore if I can help it. This really breaks my heart to say. (laughs) Like, I did not want this to work because coffee in the morning is the one thing that I cherish. It felt like a self-care move for me because it felt like just a really kind thing I was doing for myself. I love coffee. I love drinking my lattes in the morning. There's just something so nice about it. It It's just, I feel like it grounds me in the morning and it just, it makes me feel good. But what I was noticing was that um, when I started to switch from coffee to green tea in the morning. So this is something that still is caffeinated, but not to the extent of my usual coffee. I was noticing that I would get tired easier and earlier, and I wasn't struggling to sleep as much. Which, again really, really unfortunate discovery. (laughs) There are some mornings where I have my green tea and I am just, I'm I'm wishing it was coffee. But there are other mornings too where where I really do appreciate my green tea. And if anything, also I find that digestively as well, I feel a lot better after I drink a green tea in the morning than I do when I drink coffee. And also another thing that I feel is nice about the switch as well is that I savor my coffee a lot more on weekends because I do let myself drink coffee on weekends. I'll go to one of my favorite local bakeries that is a cafe as well and they have the best oat milk latte. If you live in Vancouver... I highly encourage you to go to the drive and go to Bakery Sate. It is the everything is so good. The bread is so good. I'll bring a I'll buy like a demi baguette and bring that home and just eat it by myself. <laughs> and I'll also get like a little pastry or something with my coffee on the weekends. And everything is good. Or their sandwiches are really good too. Now I'm just talking about this bakery. <laughs> But I feel like that is just a really beautiful thing I do for myself too because I think I just savor it more and it's better for me to go to this local bakery um, that has really good coffee and just genuinely enjoy it 
and be able to sit either at the cafe or take a walk at the park because the bakery is right near Trout Lake Park, which is near where I live. And I can walk around the park with my coffee. And I think that I'm actually enjoying that as a routine in contrast to when I would just go to Starbucks in the morning during the week for work because the coffee's just better. And I think that it just makes me more excited and makes me savor the experience more as I keep saying. So that's one change. And I, I hate, I hate that that is the case because I do love coffee and I love the routine of coffee, but it has really helped me not to drink as much coffee. So the second thing that I do that I find has been really helping in terms of improving my sleep and trying to create a better routine around sleep is a very specific type of melatonin that I've been taking. So I have tried melatonin in the past. I've taken melatonin pills and maybe I just wasn't using a very effective melatonin pill, but I've, I never noticed that melatonin would work for me. And I really wanted it to because I think that taking melatonin, especially at the same time every night for, you know, a couple weeks can really help regulate your sleep schedule. Of course, I say this completely anecdotally. I'm not a doctor, but I would read that this is something that people would do and it made sense to me, but I just, it never worked and I just tossed the idea aside But there was this one day that I went to a drugstore just running errands for something else and I saw these melatonin gummies by a brand called Ollie and I think I had seen Ollie on Instagram. Maybe an influencer was using them. I had been influenced. (laughs) But they also have really cute packaging and I liked the idea of it being a gummy. So I thought, you know, what's the worst that can happen? They don't work, and they were on sale, I think, as well. So I thought, fuck it, you know what, I'm going to buy these, I'm going to try them out. And I, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't have high hopes because it is a blend of melatonin, L-theanine? I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's described as an amino acid that encourages calmness and also some botanicals are included in this mix and the botanicals they list here are chamomile, passionflower, and lemon balm. So I don't know, there was something about it being melatonin with botanicals. I was like, I don't know about this. The very first time I used this stuff, it worked. It knocked me right out, and every time I use it, it they knock me out, and I still can't believe it. Honestly, I it is wild to me that these work so well, and so I encourage like if you're having a really hard time falling asleep, and um may, like maybe you have a fairly regular sleeping pattern, or you want to help regulate your sleep pattern, the Ollie Sleep Gummy melatonin 
pills are so, so good. And I recommend just like having them, even if they're just a emergency use, if you're really having a difficult time sleeping, they work so well. And I hope that they still work just as well for me in the future because I, I feel like I struck gold here and I'm so excited. <laughs> so those are the two things that I feel have been working really well in terms of improving my sleep. And I hope my loved ones listen to this and they're excited that my sleep is improving. Because <laughs> there have been so many times in the past where I've had someone like text me or will get a text from me at like two in the morning or will will see that I'm up and they're like, what are you still doing up? And I'm like, I never sleep. <laughs> so that was something that definitely needed to change. And I've noticed some definite um, changes. What else? So I also want to start exercising more. I, I want to be really careful in how I say this because I feel like a lot of self-care surrounds self-care that fits well in commercialism and in what is profitable. So self-care, I feel, is getting more and more profitable because we'll get messages from media that self-care can surround skincare. It can surround buying these really expensive bath products and body products. And as much as I do believe that taking care of your skin and dabbling in beauty can be can be self-care because your skin is one of your biggest organs. And also sometimes people can put on makeup as a routine and as a way to make themselves feel beautiful and focus on themselves for a half hour to an hour every morning. And I think that can be self-care. But at other times, people can buy that face mask or can buy those beauty products and feel that purchasing these products is self-care but still won't feel any better about themselves. And I feel like that's the way with diet culture as well. I feel like diet culture can have us believe that losing weight or aiming to be a certain size or you know, changing your eating habits to be really restrictive can be self-care and can make you feel better too. When really, from a commercialism standpoint, the diet industry is highly profitable. And again, I don't want to take away from the fact that exercise and consistent exercise can be really beneficial for people and can be really helpful for some folks, but I don't always think that a very rigorous um, exercise routine is the key to self-care and the key to health because I think that's a very ableist stance to take, um, but it also just simply doesn't work for everybody and can also create a lot of fat phobia and undue pressure on folks that don't 
live that lifestyle and don't need to. But I do think even in terms of the effects it can help with my sleep, because I know I've already talked about sleep, but I think that exercise can help regulate my sleep as well. But I think just like whenever I move my body, I feel good. And I think I have to frame it more like that where exercise and trying to find exercises that really work for me and make me feel good doesn't have to be a punishment. I don't want to go to a fitness class and feel like I'm forcing myself to do it or like punishing myself for not um, exercising more often. Like I don't want to push myself. I want to find ways to move my body that make me feel good and that I'm excited about. So something I really want to do more of is probably yoga. I always enjoy yoga and I think that it's it's slow paced enough that I think that it's not as intimidating for me. It's also in a lot of ways if I do go to the classes as opposed to doing practice at home. Um, It's guided in a way that I feel confident that I'll be corrected to ensure that I'm actually doing the poses in a way that they're supposed to be done and it will be effective. But above yoga, um, there's some queer boxing classes in Vancouver and I kind of want to go for it. (laughs) I kind of want to be a boxer. Well, no, like, I I want to be a boxer. No, I don't mean, like, that's my new goal. Like, you're going to see me <laughs> doing competitive boxing. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine that myself. But I just, I love this idea of trying it out, being both tough and tender and getting just some anxiety and some stress out on a on a punching bag. I think that's exciting to me. So I I will be trying to exercise more. And the last thing I can think of in the physical health sphere is my diet. I have a really hard time eating. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I've talked about this before. I have a lot of digestive issues that I think stem around my anxiety. And so eating can be really difficult for me. Like eating comfortably anyway. Like having my body feel good after I eat. It's not so much that I I think I, I am restricted with my diet out of any kind of disorder dysmorphia or um it's not that I have any negative feelings towards my body it's just like my I'll be in a lot of pain sometimes um if I'm not if I'm not eating a certain way or just like again I think a lot of it has to do with my anxiety so I am trying to focus on my diet focus on eating better but not in a way that is restrictive. I really want to be careful about finding ways to improve my diet and um, maybe 
monitor different foods that make me feel good as opposed to not make me feel good just like for example dairy seeing if reducing my dairy even more than I already have can make me feel a little less um bloated or um won't contribute to my digestive issues and I also want to try to find more recipes that are easy and quick because I think when I I go on these adventures in my diet I I'm sure there's a better way to say that but when I do try to focus on my diet more I will look up these recipes that are just too complex and I get excited about them because I think the end result looks really good but I know practically especially because I work full-time um there's just no there's no way that (laughs) on a day-to-day basis I am actually doing these or will have the energy to make these big recipes so one site that I find is really good for that if you're like me and you do want to find recipes that are minimal in ingredients and won't take a lot of time um, Minimalist Baker is incredible, and I know the name states baker, so you would assume it's a lot more bakery and baking recipes than savory and meal recipes, but she actually has a really good balance of both, and her whole shtick is that she tries to have her recipes be minimal in ingredients especially. Some of her recipes can take a little bit longer, but I also find that in that length of time, it's not that you're spending a lot of time on the preparation. It's more so that something is maybe sitting in a pot for an extended period of time. But I have really enjoyed her recipes, and those are more so the recipes that I think I'm going to focus on finding and try to find some really good staples in my recipe catalog. So moving on from physical health, in the realm of mental and emotional health, I feel like these two are very similar, but they're not quite the same. So when it comes to my emotional well-being, one of the biggest things that I am focusing in on is saying no more. I I always say this, (laughs) like every single year I say, I'm going to say no more. I am. And then I don't, (laughs) but I am. And I'm noticing that I am. I'm getting a lot better. I notice it's a lot easier to keep up with this now that I'm single as well and I have that mindset of just focusing on myself and focusing on me as number one while also still retaining that open-heartedness and that empathy and that love that I have for other people. So a big thing that I do in the realm of saying no is I really take a pause, I take a beat before I offer to help others or before I accept people, like before I say that I can help someone else if they're reaching out to me for help. I am one of the most loyal people that I know. 
(laughs) I'm serious. If you have me as your friend or as your partner, like, I am, like, fiercely loyal. I'm always there. Um, I find that in the past especially, I am just, I would be the type of person that would drop everything and just try to be there for people and really do everything I can to help and get really, really involved and invested in others. And I love that energy. I love loving other people and caring for other people. But sometimes I would take it to extremes where I would really neglect my own needs. I wouldn't stop to consider, do I really have the capacity to be that person for someone right now and it would really run me to the ground sometimes so I'm trying to get a lot better at taking that beat before I rush in to help to really think okay like how am I feeling right now do have I like met my needs am I feeling up to this and do I just feel like I am doing this just out of my love for this person and the love that I hope they'll reciprocate and you know like am I just doing this to prove that I love somebody instead of doing this because I really genuinely am in a place where I can help them and I think that can be hard I think that can be really hard sometimes because you'll see people struggling and I've had instances where I have felt like it was like really vital me to be that person for somebody just because of just how much they were struggling in a moment and it's been hard for me to unlearn that and realize I am not the only person in a lot of these folks lives like maybe I do not have to be that person at that specific time maybe they have another resource or another person that can be their person for that struggle and I can catch the next one when I'm in a better place and I've taken care of myself a bit more and have recharged because I think there was an insecure me a while back that really thought that me being there for people and loving people was what kept them around. Um, But now I'm starting to realize more and more that you know, being a loyal friend is important and being there for people is important and being a support is important, but you can't always be that person every single time and it's healthy and really vital for folks to have many supports and many different people and resources and the ones that you'll want to keep around are the ones that will understand if you just can't be that person every single time and that there are some times where you just gotta say I'm sorry but I'm just not in a place right now I love you very much but I think you may have to turn to someone else this time that's I think my biggest one but I'm also trying to journal a bit more and write down my feelings a bit more and meditate on my feelings more because I mean I'm in therapy which is great I love my therapist I've said this God is a woman that woman is my therapist 
But I also feel sometimes I get really overwhelmed in a week because I'm rushing around and I'll feel these uncomfortable or negative feelings and I'll automatically just want to tuck them away and not want to deal with them in a moment where I'm busy or I'm trying to work or I feel like they're distracting me. But then I won't make that intentional space and that intentional time to actually focus on them and really just give myself that space to think about everything that you know has maybe made me a little bit more uncomfortable during the week so I think that making that intentional time and that deliberate time for myself and to reflect is something that's going to be really important to me this year and something that I want to do a lot more of because I think the more we focus on our reactions and our emotions to things the more we can focus on ways to cope with them better and then you just grow and thrive from there so I think that that's something that I'm really excited to work on and also what I think is important because it's all about that intentionality and just is that even a word or that just that intentional act of making space for yourself that I think will do nothing but good and now again the mental sphere I feel like mental and emotional are quite similar but when I was reading about self-care in a mental capacity I read a really interesting point that stated that mental self-care can be the things that you do that help just engage um, your brain (laughs) as a way to take care of it. And when I think about that, I think about reading and how I want to read more because I've really gone off from reading these past few years and I don't know why. I, I love to read. There are books that I've been reading for months and months that are almost done, but I just can't finish them. I don't make the time. So I think that that's the biggest goal from, like, the mental part of things. And another thing that I'm really trying to do more of as well is intentionally taking breaks at work. I think that Sometimes I can really strain myself and I'll just want to sit at my computer all day. I won't want to really even take breaks. I want to just eat my lunch at my desk because I'm like, well, you know what? If I just sit here and I try to get things done, maybe I won't have to work late. Um, Or just generally I feel good when I get tasks done. So I'm like, oh, like I don't, I don't want to take a break because that'll take away from my work. But then at the end of the day, I'll just be exhausted because I'm not giving my mind a break during the day. So something I want to get better at is actually taking breaks because I'm entitled to them. I have them at my job. I can take a half hour or two 15 minute breaks and a lunch, but I just don't take them. So I think I want to get better at leaving my desk, like making 
appointments with myself. Again, just that intention and going for a walk, going to grab a coffee, going even just outside for a few minutes. That's easier to do in the summer. When it's the winter here, it rains so much, it's hard to go outside. But really just taking that moment to get away from my desk, away from the work, and give my mind a break. And every time I've done that, honestly, it really does help. It makes me feel a lot less stressed and like I'm not overworking myself. Even when I just take like 15 minutes, I walk away from my desk. And this is something I've been told in the past and this is something that isn't new to me or shouldn't be new to me, but it's something that I have a really difficult time pushing myself to do. (laughs) But when I do it, I always feel great. So that, those are the big goals that I have in terms of my self-care. I'm really still trying to figure out more ways I can be kinder to myself and take care of myself. But I think if there's anything I can impart on you all today, it's that I think that You also want to be careful and make sure that your effort to take care of yourself better and to enact in self-care shouldn't be one where you're almost like bullying yourself (laughs) into taking care of yourself and you make yourself feel bad if you're not eating right or sleeping right or, you know, any of the examples that I gave because... Taking care of yourself should be an act of love and it should be an act of doing something that is beneficial to you. It shouldn't feel like you're you're punishing yourself for not taking care of yourself if you don't take care of yourself. It's just all about that intentionality and that again, I still don't know. Okay, I'm gonna look I'm gonna look this up and make sure. It is a word. Okay. (laughs) But it should, anyway, it just, it should be something that you're doing from a place of love, not from a place where you're hard on yourself if you don't have it all figured out. So I think that one of the most loving things I've done for myself is try to keep my goals small right now. And then once I've mastered those or have gotten closer to mastering those goals adding to them just taking it slow healing is slow growing is slow we're not going to see those results as fast as we want to but I think that respecting the journey is really important and on that note As always, we're going to end the episode with an affirmation. For today's affirmation, I wanted to focus on just how important self-care is and, again, being intentional with self-care. And I found this really beautiful 
affirmation on a site called Healing Brave. Um, Healing Brave has a short article called Five Self-Care Affirmations to Honor a Healthy, Happy Direction. And truthfully, I haven't read it thoroughly because I saw this affirmation and I just, I was so excited about it and I didn't take a chance to really read through everything thoroughly, but I do really like this affirmation. So I just wanted to take a moment to thank Jennifer Williamson for posting this post and for being the author. Here we go. I cherish the time I take to refill. One more time. I cherish the time I take to refill. Okay. And that is all for today. Again, thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope you're healing well. And that that's it. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>